Welcome to the Mariner's Church Life Group Leader Podcast. This weekly conversation is designed to equip and resource you to build a healthy life group community that studies God's Word, practices spiritual rhythms, and changes the world together. Welcome leaders to week six of our Life Group Leader podcast, looking at our series, Fighting for Joy, a study through the book of Philippians. So glad that you're joining us here again this week. Hey, before we dive in, we just got to look back a little bit uh, at this previous weekend. Incredible. That was our Rooted Celebration, uh, our VBS Celebration, Baptisms, I Believes. I mean, it's what we call around here kind of a mega weekend. God just did so many incredible things. We'd love to celebrate what's happening. And then, of course, we know we've got uh, many who are joining us this week, new life group leaders. As your Rooted group has, has just had your celebration and you're looking ahead towards the summer, we've got new leader training on July 9th. So there are so many great things that are going on. And if you are a new listener, so glad to have you. And do mark your calendars for that July 9th with our new life group leader uh, training. All right, well, here, here we are, week six, um, officially crossing the halfway point of our our study through the book of Philippians. And I've got one of my favorite people, not only on our team, but in the entire world, the Thank incredible you. marriage pastor, Linda Vino. I'm here. Here we go. It's Let's do this. It's going to be great. Uh, Linda Vino. So many things to love about Linda Vino, including your last name. That's why I keep her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my Siri. So though, much to love. Yeah. My Siri does never recognize your uh, no. last name. I have to say, I have to say Bujnov. You do. Yeah. It comes up. Yeah. Many so. people in our family do that with their Siri. I mean, it's much more interesting than, than Thomas. Pretty, pretty boring. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, At least it's phonetic. I, I guess so. Hey, uh, what was your, what was your maiden name again? I've asked you this. Chum Chal. Chum Chal. So you went from Chum Chal to the to Vino. Yeah, but Chum Chal was phonetic. C H U M C H A L. Chum Chal. Incredible. Yeah. Well, it, we keep talking about. I have last name envy. You do. Yeah. Well, you should because uh, your last name is incredible. And the person who is it attached to. Yes. The wonderful Greg Vino is also incredible. Yes. All right. Let's jump on in here. You ready to do this thing? We're looking at Philippians 3, 1 through 9. We are. This is it. The turning point of the series. Halfway through here. Let's start with our lean in question. It says, you ready for it? I'm ready. If you could go back to relive or redo any particular period of time, what would it be? And why? So you could think about the grand scale of time, like sort of the um, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Where would you go back in the magic phone booth? Or maybe in your own uh, life, if there was a season where it was particularly like, man, that was a great time of life. I wish I could jump back and relive, relive that again. Anything stand Yeah, I think as as I get older and our kids get older, it, it's, it's natural to want to go back to when the simplicity of life, which seemed so chaotic at the time when we had kids in elementary school and junior high. But I just, I miss that about them, I think. Right. Not necessarily the time and the chaos of that, but just, I would just do so, you know, we would do things so much differently yeah. knowing what we know now. Yeah. So I just, I miss that. I miss having the kids all in the house together and us all being together as a family and being able to go on outings together as a family. Yeah. So I do miss that. Yeah, and you're you're kind of a, a little further down the way with that than we are, but we're we're also experiencing that a little bit with our oldest who's you know pivoting to high school next year and reliving those times and remembering those times just dropping her off here actually at the Mariner's preschool when she was little and now she's off on her own, not on her own, but on her way to high school. And again, we look back at those moments with a lot of joy and celebration. And I think the question is is getting us again to look at um, circumstantial joy, looking back at things that 
uh, we would want to relive. And those are good and great and, and wonderful things. And they can be a cause for, for joy. Um, but it's not where we find our, our deepest, profound uh, meaning and purpose in life. So right. you can have a good conversation around around that. All right. So although this might not be in your leader guide, the sermon was really verses one through nine. So I'll go ahead and read starting out chapter uh, chapter three, verse one. In addition, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. To write to you again about this is no trouble for me and a safeguard for you. Watch out for the dogs. Watch out for the evil workers. Watch out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision, the ones who worship by the Spirit of God, uh, boast in Christ Jesus, and do not put confidence in the flesh. Although I have reasons for confidence in the flesh, if anyone thinks he has grounds for confidence in the flesh, I have more. And then he goes on and he lists all of his different qualifications, which are from verse 5 all the way down to verse 6, picking up at 7. But everything that was a gain to me, I have considered to be a loss because of Christ. That's really the principal verse that we're looking at. Everything that was a gain, all that I had, the resume, I considered to be a loss. And more than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Because of him, I have suffered the loss of all things and consider them as dung so that I might gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but one that is through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. All right, so there's a lot there to yes. unpack. Yes. We've got a couple of look down questions here to help uh, pull out some of the things of the passage. First, it says about what does Paul mean by having confidence in the flesh? What stands out to you about the things that he mentions? How would you interact with, uh, with that question? Well, I just, I think that, we can so easily go to our accolades and our successes and think that those are such great things, regardless of our spiritual maturity. That's just something that we have a propensity to lean into as humans. Right. And Paul so clearly says, you know, as you're reading that, you're like, well, he's actually saying how great he is because he's listing them all. But he's really yeah. doing that to emphasize the fact that although those are great, he considers them dung. Like it's just Nothing compares. Yeah, this isn't like a, to a life in Christ. False humility of Paul. Right, lists those things starting on from verse five. Right, like really stating like, "Hey, you think that you know you've got all these great accolades and you've got a, a great name for yourself because you've achieved, you've earned this status." Well, let me let me tell you. And he, I love how Eric talks about it in the message. He breaks it down into a few different categories. He talks about his legacy and his and his heritage, the relationships that he had, his reputation. Right. He talks about his his passion for persecuting the church. Uh, he talks about his own goodness, all these things where he previously had, had a confidence uh, in the flesh. And then according to Paul then, uh, he says, what is it about knowing Jesus that is so much more valuable than whatever he once held dear? What do you want to learn about that from the passage? Everything, everything. Yeah. We have nothing if it weren't for Christ and his sacrifice. Right. So it just turns us back to that point and i think it just refocuses us on it doesn't matter first of all you're not taking any of that with you mm. the glory and honor is all his he gave it all to us he allows us to step into those things for his glory and we we just sacrificially lay them at his feet right. and make him the center of our lives right. and i love what he says too at the end of verse eight he um he says because of him meaning meaning christ because of him 
And he says this, I have suffered loss of all things and I consider them as dumb. So it's really interesting. He talks about suffering. Like I've, I've lost what I thought once was a profit in my life. And Eric talks about that quite a bit, profit and loss in the, in the message. But those things that I would have put in that column, I've, I've lost them. They're, they're of not, no significance for me anymore. I consider them as, as dung. Yeah. I hear dung as dung, but it, it's a little bit more explicit. Right. Uh, and he talks about that saying. in his message, he just does. about the Greek implications of that on right. how awful it is. I mean, we know when we see it on the streets or step in it, it's yeah, yeah. pretty ugly. Yeah, that's right. And, and it's, it, it's dung. And it's not that, that that's the only side of it. Well, I had these things and I lost it. It's so that I might gain Christ. Right. And, and that's, that's the beautiful, that's the beauty. That beautiful, that wonderful exchange of actually all the things that I earn and strive for and my reputation, all of that, man, insignificant to the righteousness that I can inherit, that I receive by faith and grace in, in who Jesus is. So there's so much that's going on um, in the passage. And then as we look out, you remember, you know, look down, we're looking at the passage, look out, we start talking about where we see this at work in the world around us. Um, so a couple of questions here. Would Paul's criticism of those who think that they can be good enough for God to accept them resonate with our culture? And you know, you hear that quite often of, well, I'm just a good person. Right. You know, right. Morally, I, I have high standards. I, I care for those that are marginalized. Like, surely I've I've done enough. I'm how, not how a murderer. Think, yeah. I'm better than most. Right. How do you think Paul would, would interact with that, which is a very real thing in our, in our culture? Today. Well, Paul had n- no problem speaking truth and love. And it was, he reminds us that nothing we do can ever make us worthy of our salvation or our time in heaven, our eternity spent with him. Nothing. That's right. And I know he would shut that down so quickly. Mm -hmm. That's right. And then another question here is what things does our culture hold on to as more valuable than Jesus? It says, um, what can be proclaimed about Jesus is more valuable as an alternative to those things. So what, what do we what do we look to? So but the, well, the first question talks about our moralism. What are the other things that you, you might see at work around us? Well, I just, I think of the passage where it says, uh, you know, I am the living water mm-hmm. and you will be thirsty no more. And I remember in one message, Eric talked about talking to somebody and the guy's like, I've got a great life. Like I don't need to hunger and thirst for the Lord because yeah. everything's great. And he just, he turned it around to say, but it could be so much better. Mm. I think people get complacent in where they are right now and thinking, it's good. It's good enough. I don't need Jesus because my life's pretty great. Yeah. But they don't understand how much better it could be right. with a fully surrendered life to Christ. Yeah, and I, and I think back to a few weeks ago when we talked about having a right size view of, of eternity uh-huh. and what that looks like. I think that's one of the things too is... Well, I can build up my my empire, my wealth, my security, and I could right now I could see it, and it seems to be tangible, and it's praised and it's praised by others. But we're talking about storing up treasures in heaven that last, where moth won't rot or destroy. I mean, it's something that will stand the test of not just our temporal experience on earth, but for all for all of time. And I do think, as I talked to that, sometimes that's a a bit of a barrier of people believing that. And understanding that, um, let alone for those that don't follow Jesus and even Jesus followers is, well, I want the immediacy. Like I want to feel the, I did it, the success, the immediate hit of, of my striving and my effort. 
uh, where Paul reminds us so often through this letter that there's so much more than the temporal um, and that actually this connection between the things that we held, that we surrender them, that we sacrifice them, and the exchange for that is far greater than we could ever imagine. The impacts of that is far greater than we could ever imagine. Right. And that comes from our selfishness. I think we just don't, we have such a low bar on what God can do. Oftentimes our faith is so tempered Mm -hmm. that we we hold on to things that we think are good enough or great, but yet God has so much more and so much better and greater. It's good. That's great. So as we continue to work through the questions, uh, new leaders, you're, you're beginning to see the flow of it. Lean in as our intro, get us thinking creatively about it. Look down as looking at the passage, look out as where we see it at work in the world around us. And now look in it's, it's for us. Allowing God's word to read us, challenge us, move us into action. Uh, and the question here is aside from working to earn God's favor, what are some other ways that you may be putting confidence in the flesh? Or I love the question even that Eric posed. It's it's asking the same thing in a in a different way. At the end of his message, he says, um, what does your life profit and loss look like? Where are you trying to build a life with a bunch of profits in attempt to earn your way to God? Remember he talked about that significantly. Profits, the things that we think are going to bring us benefit, meaning, and purpose. Um, where where do you think? Maybe even for you, Lindo, or for those that you see around you. Where is the temptation to stack up your profit? So. Right. The temptation is is always because it's the here and now you talked about. It's what we could see. Yeah. When we take our focus off God, that's what we do. We be, we look inward, and I think that's where pride comes from, self centeredness. Um, and yet we are called to self denial to focus on Him. Right. But there's nothing wrong with being successful. I just want to reiterate That's right. that it's okay to do your very best where God has placed you. And that's not what we're talking about here. We're, we're talking about understanding that it all is from God and it is all for him to continue to strive to please him and to fear him, yeah. be obedient to what he's asking us to do. Yeah, it's a question of what has that priority seat, that first right. place, right? Right. In your heart that... Um, informs your view of God, your your view of yourself and your view of others. And I think it could be a good callback even um, to what Paul put his hope in, his prophet side in. And you might say, man, which of these resonates with you? Is it legacy and heritage, your your family, how how you grew up, where, where you were born? Um, is it the relationships that you have, reputation, wanting to build a good name for yourself? Is it just the things that you're passionate about, the things that you're running after? Is it goodness, moralism, trying to be a good person? You know, which of these maybe resonate with you? And I think for me, it's probably all of them at times. Sure. <laughs> all of sure. them at times. I think certainly the heritage and legacy, you know, having been brought up in in church, you can take things for, for granted and just yeah. operate under assumption. Right. Um, and actually lose the, the joy and the wonder of what it means to be a recipient of grace. Uh, so that might be one for me. But think about that with your group. And you might want to, again, call back to the things that Paul put in the prophet side, the things that um, Eric calls out in the message, which one resonates with you, and then have a great free-flowing conversation uh, from there. All right, guys. Awesome. Linda, thanks for joining us. Yes. Appreciate you and all that you do. And we will see you next week for week seven of Fighting for Joy. 